Thanks for joining the Capital Church podcast channel. For more resources and to learn more about Capital Church, please visit our website at capitalchurch.co or send us an email at info at How many were here last Sunday? Okay. Well, I'm going to go on from there. If you didn't, if you weren't here, just go online and listen to the broadcast. And the, the, uh, the hardest thing for a preacher or a speaker is to, you have to understand that you can't give all the, all the areas of interest. You can't, there's so many things that go into it. And, um, you know, while I'm preaching, I'm thinking of theology and eschatology and, and ecclesiology. I'm thinking of all these things, trying to put everything together as I speak so it will come out. But I can't give everything every service. So that's why I started a radio program. So it can be line upon line, precept upon precept. If you didn't hear about it, it's on KBXL, 1 o'clock, every weekday from, at 1 o'clock for half an hour. If you have missed them, my staff, the staff says you can pick it up by going online at our church, either that or go Apple TV and look for Capital Church Channel and you can get it. All right, how many, how many have heard one program? Okay, rest of you, shame on you, you should have. You know. I'm actually doing it for you so you can go line upon line, precept upon precept. And I encourage you to do that because what it, what it will do is it will help put all the pieces together. Father, we just pray. Grace, anointing, take us, use us. I pray today that during this message, hearts will be changed, minds have been renewed, and Lord, you give us a vision for what you have for ourselves and this nation. Let God arise and let all of his enemies be scattered. Jesus' name. Matthew 5 says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That's the reason why you're on earth, to be light and salt, and that your, 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 the light would glorify God. It would show men the goodness of God, and so that's why you're here in the earth. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a message. I have 250 pages. I boiled it down to just about six or seven but I want to try to explain some things to you. Now you got to stay with me because I'm talking theologically, I'm talking history, I'm talking ecclesiology, I'm talking eschatology. I'm putting all, trying to put all these pieces together to tell you what's going on in the world so you'll know how, what, what to live and how, how to observe and what to do and what not to do. So are you ready? Now last week I, I talked about uh, the, the 50 years from the Jesus People Movement until our day today and the movement we're in. And I want to try to get you there again. I'm older than most of you in this room, so I've had a history of how God has moved and what he's doing in the earth, and I'm going to try to explain to you 
what he's doing. So I guess I'd start with this question. I don't know about you, but have you, do you ever get frustrated? All of you are really, really sanctified. You never get frustrated. I get sometimes, I get, I, I'm, I get to God and I say, what's going on, God? And I'll be honest with you, a few years ago when eight of my close friends died in within a two-year period, I, I kind of got straight with God. I, I said this. I said, what, what are you thinking? Of course, he explains things to you eventually. And I began to realize that you can ask God things, honestly, and you can dialogue with God, and he will be honest with you. He'll be compassionate because we're just made of dust. But I think the question that I want to ask right now that maybe some of us are thinking is, why isn't God doing something right now? Why isn't he doing something? Maybe he is. In fact, I've read history. See, my background is history. And looking at all the things that have happened over the course of time, I'm, I'm telling you right now, he's working, he's doing something. When the moral bottom of society becomes the loudest voices of influence in our culture, shouldn't God act? Yeah. I think God is acting, but in a totally different, unexpected way. He always does. Let me say it this way. I believe God is at war to save our nation right now. How? How is he going to do it? I believe, in part, he's going to do it because he's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. He's going to do it. That's the way he did it during the Jesus people day. He poured out his spirit on the unholy. He poured out his spirit on the rebellious. He poured out his spirit on the riotous. He poured out his spirit and the resurrection power of God changed everything. The outpouring of the spirit will not be to fulfill our agendas. Saving a nation in our condition right now, and I'm going to get to that, I'm going to explain how, 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 what it's like, is not going to be painless or comfortable. The kind of moral awakening God prescribes for us is probably going to be messy, yet glorious. Acts 5, Acts 5, look at this. Acts 5, I'm not going to read it, but in Acts 5, you have the shadow of Peter that is used to heal thousands of people. At the same time, God is also killing people in the church. Ananias and Sapphira. Interesting. Two dichotomies Chris was talking about recently about the tension. We have the tension of two dichotomies. The day of the Lord in the Bible is spoken as darkness and light, blessing and judgment, healing and death, yearning and dread, Great and terrible. That's the day of the Lord. Amos 5.18 says, Woe to you who desire the day of the Lord, for what good is the day of the Lord to you? It will be darkness and not light. So that's one side. It's going to be darkness. But if you go to Psalms 110 verse 3, it says, Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power. In the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning, you have the dew of your youth. And there was just going to be an outpouring of great blessing and, and light and goodness. So there's two sides. There's two sides of whenever God shows up. And let me, say, let me tell you about the two sides that I think is going to happen. I'm prophesying now. I'm, I'm preaching prophesying. 
I'm telling you right now, out of the graves of the inner city, out of the graves of the, of the campuses, out of the graves of the violent and the riotous, will come the Lazarus generation. Those who are rioting, who seem so rebellious, are going to be the ones who will lead the way because God's going to come upon them and empower them to be a Lazarus generation. As I talked about that last week, Jesus came to Lazarus. He spent four days, he delayed his trip four days so he could make sure Lazarus was dead. And then he went to the tomb and he says, Lazarus, come forth. You know what I think? I think God is just waiting for everything to get really, really bad. And then he's going to say, Lazarus generation, come forth. On, on the same, at, at the same time, on the other side of the, of, of the uh, panoply of, of, of life, there's a remnant prophetic group that's in the church. I think that's us. And it's kind of a, those who've been waiting and yearning for the fire of God. It's the Esther and Mordecai of the Bible. Esther didn't know what was going on. She just kind of was plucked and put in the king's house. And, and uh, Mordecai there, being the wise person, gave counsel and director. Without Mordecai, Esther wouldn't have saved the nation. Do you realize that? But together they were able to save a nation. This Lazarus generation of gangs and drugs and those screaming for revolution, those screaming for Marxism, they will in a moment be struck by the resurrection power of God. I have no doubt in my mind. And they will be baptized in the Holy Spirit and they will operate in great zeal. You know what happened to my generation? There was, a, there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that came in the late 60s, early 70s, all the way into the early 80s that empowered my generation uh, to become what we are today. And now we're in, the, we're in the, the fading days of our dimension on the earth and we're trying to hand off a baton. And I'm telling you that, that the remnant prophetic group, which I speak of as us, who have kind of in some ways felt out the, outside the mainstream, and we felt ostracized at times and, and felt we were not in the group of the present, the present day church. Now, I, I don't say that's all of us, but, but I'm, I'm saying that those of us who are starved for fire, those of us that want the glory and the presence of God, in some ways we have felt forgotten, but all of a sudden, I believe in our weakness, we're gonna see that the power of the Holy Spirit is gonna come upon us, and these two groups, the Lazarus generation, and the prophetic remnant of God in the house of God will come together, will collide, and the remnant will become the fathers and the mothers and the brothers and the sisters to the Lazarus generation. That's the way it happened in, in, uh, in the Jesus people days. Now I wanna tell you the other side right now. The other side, do you know that the opposite is true? Those who were in my generation who didn't get saved, who didn't give their lives to God, they continued in their revolutionary ways. And I wondered over the years where they went. They went to the universities. They began to teach the next generation. They are mentoring and they're teaching and they're leading a generation into the riotous ways of Satan. And I'm here to tell you today that I believe these two groups will come together and we're going to see the most powerful, powerful revival awakening we've ever seen. I'm going. I'm leaving in just a few days. I'm taking a few guys with me. We're going to the return in Washington, D.C. Something's up. 
Thousands of people are going to be in D.C. We're going to be repenting. We're on the mall. And this is interesting. Every year or, or months before an election, it seems that God calls his people to start praying and repenting and calling on his name. And this, this, uh, this, this event called The Return will be on the mall, but it's also here in Idaho. And our, our church is a, is a big part of it. Mark and the worship team will be there. We're going to have a choir. Kelly is, is helping to lead in prayer. And we're gonna, that's going to start this Saturday at 9 o'clock at Julia Davis Park. And we're going to walk to the Capitol where we're going to pray and repent and call on God to save America. At the same time, we're doing the same thing in Washington, D.C. They call it the greatest expanse of people calling on God to save nations as has ever gathered on the face of the earth. At the same time, Franklin Graham is having a, a prayer walk in Washington in, in coordination with this. Now, let me just, let me, I've read these scriptures last week, but I want to recall them to you. Malachi 4, 5, and 6, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest they come and strike the earth with a curse. This is a prophetic word. Are you, are you with me? I always know as a teacher when I'm losing people. Second verse, Luke 1, 17, He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Matthew eleven twelve. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. All three of these scriptures have Elijah and John the Baptist. The two most unkempt, crazy, yet awesome prophets of the Bible. Elijah of the Old Testament went and did crazy things. John the Baptist in the New Testament did crazy things. And so we see this, I believe this is about ready to happen now. The Jesus people movement was a condition, I, I talked about this last week, was a message of unconditional love and the peace of God. You know, the hippies, they were all peace and love and you know, all that. And, and it affected, it affected the Jesus people. It was kind of the lamb nature of God in the sense of a revival. I believe the new movement is going to have the other side of God. It's going to be the lion nature of God. There's going to be a spiritual and prophetic roar that's going to come out because we are in such desperate need for God. We are in desperate need. Joel 2.28, these are all prophetic scriptures. I will pour out on all, on all flesh, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Now, I believe God is going to pour out his spirit on us and the Holy Spirit's going to lead this awakening. We need the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you, you need the Holy Spirit. You don't have enough of the Holy Spirit. Are you praying in the Holy Spirit? Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Do you have weekly feelings of the Holy Spirit? I don't think anyone in this room is where they should be. Doesn't, make you, doesn't mean that you try to make yourself be better. No, you just give yourself to God and let him make you better. But I believe there's a, there's a need for this. God, God is going to pour out his spirit. spirit. But because the church today, in, in overall terms, is being overrun with a consumerist mentality. Most people come to church, what can you do for me, Pastor Ken? What are you going to give today? I don't like that message. It's too bad. 
this message today is a little different. It's not a consumer message. In other words, we, we come to church, what's this church going to do for me? If they don't do enough for me, I'll go to the next church. That's consumerism. And that's not God. And it's not what God intends for his people. We, we have an entitlement in the church in a sense. And I'm not talking about necessarily all of you. I'm talking about the churches universally. But this, this entitlement breeds ingratitude, boredom, denial. The, these people won't accept correction. They deny the possibility that if America's destruction is in front of us. Can I tell you right now, we're, we're on the, I'm, I'm a history major. I've looked at all this. I'm telling you right now, prophetic and historically, we're on the ver- verge of destruction. I don't care what you say or what you're, you're, you're thinking. But I'm telling you, if we're not careful, many of us fall asleep through America's downfall. We become deaf and blind. America's imminent destruction is now in view. The enemy is at our gates and some are even inside the gates. Socialism and Marxism are not just periphery. They're in the middle of some of the, the moves in America right now. And socialism and Marxism, Marxism destroy everything they touch. Just take history. Yet we're being told that it's the answer for America. Now I'm not, I'm not being political. I'm, this is as far from political as I, I'm not going to be political. I'm going to be a prophet. I'm going to be a theologian and tell you what really is happening. Okay. You got to listen to me. This is what's happening. Uh, A man, I'm, I'm going to quote some people, but I'm not going to tell you their name because if I told you their name, you'd have a, you'd have a, a stereotype. He said, oh, I don't believe that guy. So I'm not going to tell you this guy's name. But he said this. He said, the present move in in America will do to American political life what it has done to the arts, the universities, the high schools, the Boy Scouts, the race relations, religion, the happiness of so many women, the moral fabric of American life, late night television, mainstream Judaism, Catholicism, Protestantism, even pro football and the sexual innocence of the young. It will poison it. We're now sinking and suffocating in a mire of God-hating theologies. Just, just this week, if you watch the news in El Paso, someone went into a Catholic church and totally decapitated and tore down uh, uh, a statue of Jesus. That's the 200th defacing or destruction of a, of a statue this year so far. It seems like the enemy is capable of taking the law into its own hands with impunity, yet we, we, we must ask the question, so what is God doing? What is God doing? Let me tell you. Can I tell you? Now, since I, now you got to go on radio to listen to this because I'm telling stories about what, what God has done. Since America, America was a miracle from the beginning, and the teachings of Jesus influenced our creation as a nation, God will not let America die without mounting an astounding counterattack on the enemy. In other words, God is sending heaven's help. I know it. I feel it. I, 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 I sense it in me. There's an awakening. It might be a rude awakening, but there's an awakening coming. But, but we need to know if we're going to step into this awakening. We need to know our true condition before God. My true condition. Your true condition before God. And we need to know how close America is to destruction. We need heaven's help. And I think he's doing it. 
I, I, I have another message. I can't do it this morning. But the signs of God's awakening are always the opposite. Do, 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 you, know, do, do you know how uh, meteorolo- meteorologists tell if a hurricane is coming or not? It's not whether, whether there's a hurricane. It's the pressure that goes down. How down, And all of a sudden they discover there's such low pressure that a hurricane is going to erupt. We are going down so far that a hurricane from heaven is automatic. Are you with me? And so we, 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 see this, we see this happening. This means that God's help will be disruptive and it will expose falsehoods. I believe we're going to see speak, people that will speak truth to power. It, they will not negotiate. It's going to be supernatural in origin. John 1, 6 says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Notice he was sent from God. He wasn't comfortable or charming. He didn't have a soothing voice. He wasn't a gracious speaker. He's kind of a wrecking ball. His looks, his message, his demands were all radical and offensive to all except those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. He carried a message few would consider a winning message. He ate locusts and honey. But it's probably what they needed to ignite souls to return to God. And that is probably what we need today to ignite souls for the kingdom of God right now. America isn't entitled. God hasn't cheapened his majesty or his message to keep, just keep us alive. Nineveh, listen, this is interesting. Nineveh had a sign that read, the city that will always be. How arrogant. Entitlement has never stopped judgment. America has an amazing history. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm the one that can tell you all about it. We have, but we have been spared destruction again and again by divine intervention. Something has changed. This is the first time our culture has started shaking its fist at God. First time in my memory. Oh, there have been portions of it, but not major units. Not trying to influence and take over the nation. We've crossed over into moral uncharted waters. Abraham Lincoln said this. At what point then is the approach of danger to be expected? I answer, if it ever reach us, it must spring up amongst us. It cannot come from abroad. If destruction be our lot, we must ourselves be its author and finisher. As a nation of free men, we must live through all time or die by suicide. Suicide happens when life becomes too painful. I'm telling you right now, Americans are in unbearable pain and dread right now. Not since Lincoln have we seen our nation divided like this. We're drowning in falsehoods. We can't even trust anything on, on, on media. That's dangerous because it's never happened before. I'm telling you, that's, it's the truth. So what can save us? Nothing less than a massive moral awakening by the power of the Holy Spirit. And can I tell you, it's on its way. Now, Satan has fooled leaders in the church and in our nation to replace gold with bronze. What does that mean? Well, in 1 Kings 14, 26, it says, And he took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house. He took away everything, and he also took away all the gold shields which Solomon had made. All the historical good things that had been done in the nation were taken away, 
And the king Rehoboam made bronze shields in their place and committed them to the hands of the captains of the guard who guarded the doorway of the king's house. What happened, he took the real and he inserted the counterfeit. What's happening in America, the real has been stolen from us and the counterfeit has been placed in its place. The devil used craftiness, I think, to steal our gold in the church. Uh, you know, evangelism isn't a part of, I'm not talking again about necessarily just our church, of the world church. The, the, the thing that has taken its place is just having a nice, comfortable service. We, we replace revival with marketing techniques. A new version of grace grants a license to lead a double life. New age nuances have invaded the church. And we even have a, a, a place where personal prophecies take supremacy over the word of God. We left the truth at the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Many of our young people have wandered away because there's no life left in the church. Judges 2.10 says, when all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord nor the work which he had done for Israel. I don't want that to happen for my grandkids who are sitting right down here. I don't want to leave this. Connie and I don't want to leave this planet having not given them the right to their destiny, their future, their anointing, and a God that can change their lives. I, I want to com commend Chris and Kelly. We, we, we take the big three. They have seven kids. So we take three of them, two or three of them at a time. And we would take the big three, and the, the, that's, that's Wesley, Quincy, and Whitney, and they'll come over to our house. And whenever they come to our house, they like to sleep in the same room that Connie and I are in. So we put all the mattresses out so they all can have their own mattress. And then as we, just before we go to sleep, uh, would you guys like to pray? I, I, I want to pray, Papa. I want to pray first. And they start praying. You can't believe their prayers. God, you're such a great God. You're almighty God. You're the one who, who saved us and filled us. Thank you for saving our sins and for giving us a great life. And I thank you for, and they go on and on and on. And I'm going, where'd these kids come from? But I'm telling you, that's what God wants to arise and raise up in this generation. We cannot, we cannot allow them to enter a, a time and a period of history in a society that does not, that, that has abandoned all that. Many of our other leaders in, in the church have abandoned the, uh, the role of warning the sheep. I'm here today to warn you. This is a warning message. Superstar speakers claim God has not called them to confront sin, preach repentance, or confront perversions that are destroying the family. I've talked to them, I know. They preach warm and fuzzy messages. This is not a warm and fuzzy message. If you want that, Go down the street someplace, I guess. God is now warning and warring to restore firepower to the church. I don't know. I, I can't describe. I wish, I wish you, could, you could take that which, which we who are older have experienced, where God has shown up and the power of God. I remember days in the past where the power of God just slew people just rows of people. I remember piles of people here on the platform being, being under the power of the Holy Spirit. He just came and boom. And he began to impart to us, changing us, moving us. And so we're, we're in that place where we, might, we need to discover the power of the Holy Spirit, which is the only thing that can save our nation. Come on. So interestingly enough, the New Testament 
begins and ends with the drama of willing vessels having their lives interrupted and ruined for mortal pursuits. They were commissioned for great exploits and then they were launched into an amazing adventure. I think we're there again. In Matthew 24, this, the, the chapter on the end of a, the ages, we see where Jesus was teaching them how to live in those times. He was telling them that their soul is saved from hell by grace and faith, but their lives are protected in the present life from disasters by enduring or standing and pressing into the work of God in our time. In other words, he's saying go deeper and pursue God and receive special favor and intimacy with God. If you will pursue God, he will protect you in the last day. Yes, in the last days there's going to be judgment for evil, but there's going to be blessing and protection for the righteous. That's what the Bible says. I'm telling you. And as we look at the generation, we see complete destruction. It is as if Satan is actually saying, I'm going to have them, I will dedict them, I will pervert them, and I will kill them. But I believe God is saying just the opposite. No! But I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. And my young men and my, my, my young ladies, and they will prophesy. It's going to happen. For I believe as I conclude this, God is moving on America right now because of the depths of, dis of destruction that we see around us. I believe he's doing something to save America. He's warring to save us. We are at war. If you don't believe in spiritual warfare, you need to have your head examined. I'm sorry, there's certain things I'll say once in a while. That... Do you know how God is fighting? And do you know your assignment in the, act of, in the acts of God? Say, now, I'm gonna, you, gotta, you gotta catch this. Satan needs to destroy America. It's his grand prize. He is totally consumed with it. He fantasizes about it. He pursues the destruction of the United States with an unrelenting passion. Why? Well, if you don't understand this, you will not be able to muster the necessary urgency to follow and pursue and obey God. America, why? America is a firewall that prevents the one event Satan craves most, which is global anarchy. Stay with me. Anarchy is the only thing that will make the world embrace Lucifer's worldwide dictatorship. You can see it in history. Anarchy leads to authoritarianism and dictatorship. Always. So Satan's goal is anarchy leading to chaos. Marxists believe that goodness magically rises out of chaos. Has it ever done that? No. It's like the theory of evolution. It's not true, but they think it anyway. Karl Marx concluded that violent revolution was essential in setting his system in place. I'm gonna read, I, I discovered this scripture uh, just this year. I gotta read it to you. It just blew me away. I'm gonna read it in the Message Bible because I'd never read it in the Message Bible before. And it, it was interesting how it says, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, God, they're talking about, uh, uh, Paul in this scripture is talking about the end days. It says, before that day comes, a couple of things have to happen. First, the apostasy, and second, the debut of the anarchist. Notice how they label the Antichrist, the anarchist. 
a real dog of Satan. He'll defy and then take over every so-called God or altar. Having cleared away the opposition, he'll then set himself up in God's temple as God Almighty. Don't you remember me going over all this in detail when I was with you? Are your memories that short? You'll also remember that I told you the anarchist is being held back until just the right time. That doesn't mean that the spirit of anarchy is not now at work. It is, secretly and underground. But the time will come when the anarchists will no longer be held back, but will be let loose. But don't worry. I love the way Jesus says this. Don't worry. The master Jesus will be right on his heels and blow him away. The master appears and poof, the anarchist is out of there. The anarchist coming is all Satan's work. All his power and signs and miracles are fake. Evil sleight of hand that plays to the gallery of those who hate the truth that could save them. And since they're so obsessed with evil, God rubs their noses in it, gives them what they want, and since they refuse to trust truth, they're banished to their chosen world of lies and illusions. Was that a good scripture or what? In other words, Marxism will be accomplished, they think, in civil war. We can't give them that. In order to accomplish this, they blur the lines of good and evil. Have you noticed then this? Now, let me just tell you this. Uh, I've studied, I've, I've watched, I've, I'm, a, I'm actually a news expert of watching them and knowing who they are just by what the words they say. Doesn't matter if they're, what, what channel they're on. Doesn't matter. I judge them all. <laughs> when they say, we got to save our democracy, I know they don't have a clue about our government because we do not have a democracy. Did you know that? I mean, I can, I can quote the guys right now. I have all these quotes. Our founding fathers said we are not promoting democracy because democracy leads to mobocracy. So when they say democracy, don't trust them. Secondly, there's this, this word that's coming out now about you you gotta, you got to reimagine things. Re, uh, reimagine, reimagine, reimagine. It's everywhere. Why do I have to reimagine what God started? Well, I know instantly they're telling me, they're telling me lies. I mean, and the, I, I could give you example after example. When they say, oh, we're going to do investment. You know what investment means to, a, to a, a media person and a politician? It means taxes. Did you know that? You say, oh, we're going to invest in that. That means we're going to tax you to bless them. I just... I'm not being a politician here. I'm telling the truth. Okay. So what has happened is they're, they're trying to blur good and evil right now with their words. They label good people as homophobes, Islamophobes, sexist, racist, xenophobes. Anyone doing or saying this, whether knowingly or not, is promoting division, Marxism, anarchy, and Satan's plan. Christian values are now being reclassified as hatred. Do you know in Canada, hate speech is anything a pastor says in the pulpit now? Almost anything? Ideas that are moral and trustworthy become hateful. Marriage, manhood, military service, law and order, police, freedom of speech, the Bible, freedom, and even the American flag all turn into symbols of oppression. Oh, I wish I could take you, I wish I could have you all day. I could teach you all of this and explain it to you. They then radicalize their victims that they're judging with artificial outrage. Their goal is chaos. 
For only in chaos will the populace turn to a dictator. They will ban, boycott, and use violence for the greater good. And soon the Judeo-Christian ethic, Western civilization, and American exceptionalism are singled out as the world's most hated values. For America must be destroyed. Can I tell you? They all hate the church. They hate believers. They hate those that stand for them. And not until you see the unbridled malice and rage of the devil toward America will you have this urgency of action and be willing to pay the price to do the exploits. I'm, I'm asking right now, are you going to pay the price? I'm, I'm, I'm asking it seriously. I mean, we're, we are the firewall for this nation to once again come back to God. You must make a decision today to be in the middle of God's greatest acts in history. I believe the greatest acts of God in history are about ready to take place. It's, it's, it's coming. I not only smell it, I feel it. I, I, I sense it. The Spirit of God has is, is spoken to us. Right now, God is selecting people and working in them for unmatched power to overcome all the evil of our day. He's recruiting people to do things that are beyond comprehension. That's what he's doing. I said this last week. The prophets, the apostles, the disciples wish they were in this day because we are going to see the greatest thing. The, the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former house. That means the last day church will see the greatest miracles. We sang it today. We're a house of miracles. And we, we just don't want to sing this. We want to declare it. We want to operate in it. We want to act upon it. So here we are.